Welcome to Zion Hill, where we make our world a better place. Whatever your gifting is or the area of ministry you're most interested in, we've got a spot for you here at Zion Hill. For those who are interested in volunteering for one of our many ministries here, please be sure to contact the church office at 318-704-6900 or simply complete our new volunteer form on our website at www.zinehill.com. And don't forget on Friday, December 15th at 6 p.m., we will have a baptism service. So come out and praise the Lord with us as we celebrate those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. On December 16th, 2023, from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., Zion Hill Church Family's New Creations Ministry presents a Christmas Gala. Tickets are now on sale for $35 per person or $40 at the door. This event is a semi-formal affair and tickets are required. Please see any of the new Creation Ministry members for tickets or you can call a church office for more information. I Am The Way Basketball Ministry, formerly known as Skip Buckets, will meet twice weekly every Monday at 6 p.m. and every Thursday at 8 p.m. in Zion Hills Family Life Gymnasium. This ministry is for anyone who is ages 15 and up and who are passionate about playing the game of basketball. tuning in and worshiping with us on today. Until next time, we'll see you at the top. The name of Jesus, come on and stand to your feet. Come on, if you came to celebrate the name of Jesus, come on, you ought to bless him. Come on, you ought to bless him. If he woke you up this morning, you ought to bless him. Give you peace of mind, you ought to bless him and glorify his name. For there's power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And we're just gonna declare that in this place. Come on, put those hands together like this. Come on.
Love him. Come on, say, Lord, my heart is yours. Lord, my heart is yours. Yeah. Say, it all belongs to you. That's why we give you all the glory. Yes, I love Yes, I love yes, I love you. We worship and adore. God, we want to tell you. Lift your hands and say, and I love you, and I love you. This morning, you are worthy. Yeah, you are. You are worthy. As we celebrate you, Jesus, you are worthy. During this Christmas season, you are worthy. In 2023, you're still worthy. Come on, fellas, listen loud. You are worthy. You are worthy. Come on, ladies, join us. That's why we worship you for your worthiness. You. you are. Come on, lift it loud. You worthy. 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 Come on, let's take it up. Come on, sing it. You are worthy.
Somebody call his name this morning, Jesus, 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 wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Jesus. Somebody say he's a will in the middle of a will, Jesus, Jesus, he's my rock, Jesus, yeah, oh, Jesus. the Lord. Come on, let's thank God for our worship team. What a blessing. 
to have an awesome worship experience. Our God is worthy to be praised. It's now time for us to honor God in our giving. I hope and pray every time you come to church that you will honor God in prayers and that you will honor God in, in your worship and that you will honor God in your giving. This is very, very important. The Bible says honor begets reward. In fact, the Bible commands us to honor our parents. And the reward is you will live long and it shall be well with you. You know what I'm suggesting? Every time you honor, it comes with reward. Amen. So you can imagine the reward there is for you to honor God. The Bible suggests that we have to be wise in all of our undertakings. Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 7. It says, wisdom is the most important thing. And then it says, get wisdom. So it's not a suggestion. It's a command. So what is wisdom? It's the principal thing. The most important thing that you can get in life. It's not a job. It's not a degree. It's wisdom. So the way you do it is in your choices your decisions and the application of the word of God in your life. If you fit that description, you're making the right choices and you apply the word of God into your life, the Bible calls you a wise man or woman now, when you get a chance, you study the book of James. It talks about different kinds of wisdom. In fact, there are wisdom that come from school. There are wisdom that come from the devil. So the Bible highlights all these wisdom, types of wisdom. In fact, many Christians regrettably they spend all their life trying to get wisdom from the devil. They join all kinds of organizations. 
Here they learn all kinds of trickery. All right. They think it's a social club. <laughs> it's, it's a club of the devil. Many of you are still member of that club. Bless your heart. But the Bible talks about the wisdom that comes from above. And how does that apply to your giving? The Bible says giving is receiving. So when you apply that to your life, you're a wise man. You're a wise woman. But you'll be amazed how many people come and they don't give. Not very smart bunch. Every week I get report from Sister Barbara Frisher as to who gave. And I'm amazed how many people some of them dress pretty on Sunday. But they're dumb. Because they don't obey God. Some of them are officers of the church. And it just blows my mind. I've been wondering how can somebody be this slow? How are you going to be a minister of the gospel, but you don't give. Or you're a deacon. Or you're a deaconess. Or you're singing in the choir. On the praise team. This is not very wise. Then we wonder why We live as if we are storing our goods in a leaking bucket. That's what Prophet Haggai said. So he said, consider your ways so that you will be wise. Even people that don't don't really know Bible that much. They have enough sense. You know, this is Christmas season, you know. It's a reason for you to give. Remember the three wise men? Guess why we call them wise? <laughs> That's how simple the Bible is. They gave. They're not just singing, we three can. <laughs> that don't make you wise. They don't get in the pulpit and hoop and hollow. That does not make me wise. Obedience is what birth blessing. Those three men, we call them wise because they gave. In fact, they traveled long distance. They don't want to miss it. They don't use no UPS. No. 
I want to be there to give. So in this season of Christmas, some people say, well, the reason why we don't give is because we don't see anything going on in the church. Well, even Ray Charles can see what's going on in this church. But if you need a reason, Christmas is a time of what? Giving. All right? This is a time for you to even double up your giving unto God. Guess what America going to spend this Christmas? $700 billion. I didn't say million, billions. So you're smart. All you need to do is Google. You say, okay, I just heard something new from my pastor. See, I went to school like you all. So there's nothing wrong to give. You give to your friend, your family, or whoever you want to give to. Amen. But how much more? If you give to God. Just let that soak in. Giving is receiving. Meaning it's an investment. And as a Baptist boy, I grew up singing, you cannot beat God giving. No matter how much you try. So the Baptists got it. They knew when you give, you're making an investment. And God is committed to owe no man anything. And then he spell out the return. Those of us who are in business will talk about return on investment. And Jesus talked about a hundredfold. Whoa. When you get a chance, Google how much is the prime rate from any bank now. I hope I don't mean to mess up your Sunday. <laughs> And then compare that with what God is committed to give you back. In fact, that itself, again, if you're wise, it will cause you to infest where you can get most return. Amen. You don't buy every stock. You look for stock that gives you the best return. You look for investment opportunity that gives you the best return. Isaac sold even in the midst of famine. And he went home with how much? 100% return. And his enemies envy him. 
you, when I get on my knees to pray for you, guess what I'm telling God concerning you? That God will make you the envy of this world. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not enough for somebody to say that concerning you. You have to walk in it. It's called prophetic declaration. Amen. We used to have a church where we had only two new cars. I talk about it all the time. And I begin to make declaration, prophetic declaration, that this house will be a, a place of wealth and riches. Because God said it. Wealth and riches are where? Guess what this is? A house. So you just apply the word of God. But it's not enough for you to have a prophecy over your life. You have to cooperate with God. Because God will not force you to do anything. I like that about God. He allows you and me to have freedom of choice. So for you and me to become the envy of this world, we need to sow. All my clear? One of our deacons, the brother from Maxfield, I believe. Uh, he's a farmer. Mm -hmm. That's what he does for a living. His name is Hare or something. What's the first name? Bruce. Bruce Bruce. All right. Amen. Now, when you get a chance, just ask him. A simple question. You are a farmer, the preacher said. Now, should a farmer come during time of harvest to collect when he has never sowed any, any seed in the ground? Now, he might laugh at you. He might even call you stupid. It's so simple. The same is true in the kingdom of God. You have to sow before you can reap. And not only do you have to sow before you can reap, you will reap in proportion to what you sow. You see how simple the Bible is? People that sow sparingly you will get a sparingly result. People that sow bountifully, they will get a bountiful result. You know what I'm trying to say to you, my brothers, my sisters? I don't want to be dumb because I'm too old to be dumb. See, I'm in my 60s. 
See, that's not wise to be to be moving slow at, at this time of day. So I want to make wise decisions. Like the three wise men. So I can maximize the moment. And there's no better time to give than this season of Christmas. Everybody is giving. Corporations, worldly people, everybody. By the way, Christmas, December 25, is, has, is not when Jesus was born. But that's another subject for another day. I don't want to mess up your Christmas. So let's stick with the, with the game plan. So, so let's give. Double up your giving. Take advantage of this season. Test God. Don't be scared by those words. Because he himself said, test me and see. Permission granted. He said, check it out and see if I would not open the windows of heaven and pour out. He said, the blessing I will pour out, you won't even have enough room to receive it. At some point, you got to check God out. <laughs> I need to preach that. Check God out. That's what David was trying to say when he said, taste and see for yourself. You're going to find out the Lord is good. So we're going to pray for abundance. Amen. But my prayer will do you no good if you don't cooperate with God. You know why I'm praying for abundance? Because I want you to be in a position that you have enough for yourself and in a position to be a blessing to others. Hallelujah. Where did I get abundance from? Jesus said, he has come. That you will get a life and have it in abundance. 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 All mine's clear. Now let's pray. Our Father and our God, we are grateful that you are God of abundance. Concerning every member of this church, concerning anyone affiliated with this church, connected with this church, I decree and I declare abundance in their life. Lord, you said it and we believe it. That if we decree a thing, it shall be established. I speak abundance over your life. Abundance in your home. 
abundance in your business. Abundance in the work of your hands. If you belong to Christ, you are heirs of Abraham. I pray that the blessings of Abraham shall be your portion. You shall be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Blessed coming in, blessed going out. You shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. Bringing forth your, your fruits in your season. And whatever you do, it shall prosper. I seal this prayer with the blood of Jesus. It is well with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. The ushers will come. The choir will minister. Let's walk in obedience.
Praise the Lord. Thank God for the choir. Notice they said we should rejoice. Notice they said we should celebrate. I want to thank God for every one of you for another day of blessing. Just to be in the land of the living, it is a blessing. I want to thank all of you that helped us in decorating our building. Amen. What a blessing. I pray that God will decorate you. Ha. Hallelujah. When God decorates you. the Lord. Thank you for all the beauty in the lobby area I see and I see inside the building. May God increase you more and more. Let's all get up and say hello to one another and just love on somebody and say good morning. Thank them for being in the house of the Lord this morning. It's a fellowship. stand with me as we read the word of God this morning. I just want to teach the word of God for a few minutes 
praying that the Holy Spirit will do what no man can do. He's a teacher. Amen. And I pray that he will teach you and me. Open your Bible to the book of St. Luke, chapter 2. We're going to look at two verses there. The book of St. Luke, chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. And pastor wants to teach for a few minutes. And then we'll go home. Luke chapter 2, verse 13 and verse 14. The Bible says, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. Guess what they were doing? They were praising God. And they were saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill towards all men. While you're still standing, let's pray. Our Father and our God, we are grateful for this season. Thank you for the gift of God in our lives. Holy Spirit, we bless your name this morning. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. Lord, we thank you for the favor of God upon our lives. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness. So many areas that we missed the mark, that we failed you. Lord, have mercy upon us. Teach us this morning your word. Teach us your ways. Lord, I pray that you will answer every prayer request in the house. I pray that you will touch everyone that is sick. Let your healing virtue flow freely unhindered in this house. Let it reach every one of our members that are at home, in the hospital, in the nursing home. Lord, I pray for miracles in this house. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And the church say, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk with you briefly on what the choir was saying earlier. Our subject for discussion is titled, It's Time to Celebrate. It's time to do what? To celebrate. 
permit me to mention that the text, the passage I just read to your hearing, is That's a lot of folks. Guess what they did when they heard that Jesus is born? They begin to celebrate. If you can learn to celebrate God during this season, I'm not talking about jingle bells. I'm not talking about reindeer. I'm not talking about Santa Claus. I'm saying this season of Christmas, if you will learn to celebrate Jesus, God will bless your success. Brother Pastor, what does it mean to celebrate? I'm glad you asked. Ladies and gentlemen, celebration means to acknowledge a significant or happy day. Your celebration is your way of acknowledging what God has done in this season. It means you honor God. You please God. Not privately, but publicly. Please permit me to mention to you, God is not interested in secret service. There are many of you, you've become so religious, you will say, well, I'll just praise God in my privacy. Now, you can pray in private. But when it comes to celebration, you've got to be open and public. So if you don't hear anything else, I have to say, I have just given you a key, the key of David that will make your life prosper. Open and public praise. Open and public celebration. I know in most churches, women have no problem celebrating God. I just noticed it. I'm not sure why men have some reservation. Just hard-headed. Being macho. 
But let me tell you a little secret. You call me, you talk to me, and tell me about your wife not submitting to you. Could it be that your wife does not submit to you because you do not submit to God? The doctor is in the house. Let me prescribe some medication for you. <laughs> if you will learn to celebrate God, your wife will celebrate you. Because you reap what you sow. The Bible is really not complicated. So that saves you a phone call to the preacher. So you got the prescription. All you need to do now is go fill your prescription. Ladies and gentlemen, Israel was commanded by God to celebrate. I don't have enough time to get into all the details, but you need to know that God commanded Israel to celebrate seven feasts every year. That's in your Bible. It's not a suggestion, it's a command. Each feast is intended to remind the people of something that God has done in their life. I bet every one of you, if you will be honest with Almighty God this morning, God has been so good to you. Can I get a witness? I said, God has been so good to you. So there is power in you remembering the goodness of God in your life. I heard somebody saying the other day, Right out of this platform, they say, All my life, you have been faithful. See? All my life, you have been so, so good. See, that is somebody who is testifying. <laughs> I don't know what God did for her, I wasn't there. But if you will learn to celebrate God, believe me, your celebra celebration position you for more favor of God. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to celebrate. Amen, somebody. All over the world, people are celebrating Christmas. Even people who are not Christian, they are celebrating 
this special season, there have been an exchange of gifts. Many people have trees in their home. Many people lighted their homes. They parade because of this season. Even cities, government, just yesterday, uh, I believe Pineville, the city of Pineville, had a big parade. Guess what they call it? Christmas parade. I believe today, the city of Alexandria, they will have a parade. Guess what they call it? Christmas parade. Louisiana Christian College, where I work, Christian University. The whole campus lighted. Guess what? Because of Christmas. There's a city not too far from us called Nacadies. You get there, the whole town lighted up. Why? Because of Christmas. The other day, I was just visiting one of my daughters over there at Cabrini. She ain't sick. I just want to drop in to see what they're doing. And bless God, I met a group on the first floor singing. I said, huh, this is supposed to be a hospital. What's going on here? They said they are celebrating Christmas. You know what I'm trying to tell you? Everybody got the message, except those who are in the church. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's time to celebrate. If you don't hear anything else, I have to say, make this season a season of celebration. Talk back to me and say, I got it. See, we can go home early today. But just for the record, please permit me to point out that throughout the Bible, during this season of Christmas, there was a lot of celebration going on. The reason why I didn't stop now and say, let's go home, is because I don't want you to go home thinking that was pastor's idea. I'm always amazed why people say that. Because I'm not one of those preachers. I don't have no ideas to share with you. I'm just a mailman delivering your letters, your mail to you, straight from God. That's why I call this house a world church. The Bible is full of examples of people who during Christmas took the time out to praise the Lord. 
Luke chapter 1, verse 46. You will see Mary, the mother of Jesus, celebrating Christmas. Guess what she said? She said, my soul magnified the Lord. She continued to sing. She said, my spirit rejoiced in the God of my salvation. You know why she's celebrating God? Because the Savior of this world is born. In Luke chapter 1, verse 68, you will see a preacher, Zachariah. Guess what she, he did? He celebrated this season. He said in the word of God, Blessed is the Lord, God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. You see that gentleman walking at the back of the church? Officer, what's his name? Officer Travis. I didn't know he was going to walk around. But one day I saw him in my house. Mm-hmm. I said, man, dude, what you doing here? <laughs> and sure enough, I found that she made this deal with my wife to put a motion light in the building. True story. So that when people approach my house, the light comes on. He did. I don't know what the arrangement is. I just lie low because you ask too much question, you get in trouble. But you know what I, what I, what I discovered as he was walking around, the Holy Spirit just reminded me that God is a God of motion lights. When you approach God, when you move, <laughs> the light of his presence will come on. <laughs> the problem in the house of God, brothers and sisters, you are too quiet. You are too still. You are too dignified. I hear the Lord say, let the redeemed of the law says so. Somebody shout hallelujah. <laughs> God is my witness. Every time I approach the house, well, let me testify. Sometimes you want to come in, you don't want nobody to know. <laughs> but that motion light, once it says movement, the light comes on. If you want the light of God, 
if you want the light of his presence to come on in your life, in your family, on your children, on your children's children, somebody say it's time to move. You can come to church and sit down and see if it didn't wake you up this morning. You can come to church and sit down and see if God has not been good to you. It's time to celebrate. Touch your neighbor and say, move. Do something. Do something. Do something. Ladies and gentlemen, I always tell people I'm, a, I'm an apostle out of season. My sermon just come naturally. Ladies and gentlemen, today, mm -hmm. don't, don't hate now. My team will be playing Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's mighty quiet now. <laughs> oh, glory. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Antonis Pierce. Oh, you know where I'm going to be this evening. <laughs> you see, when this, this game is on, we have an advantage. Yes, sir. They are coming to our home. And we're going to scream. And we're going to shout. And we're going to run them out of town. Yes, I said it. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. In every ball game. You see you have three teams. Not two. You have the home team. Walk with me now. You have the visiting team. But then we have a team of officials. You see, the team of officials, they work for a kingdom called NFL. They don't respond to any of the teams. Not, not home team, not visiting team. If they do, they are out of order. Ladies and gentlemen, the team of officials, they respond only to the kingdom they work for. I start by to tell somebody that God whom you serve has a kingdom. Just like NFL has its own kingdom. There is something called the kingdom of God. And you need to start pleasing the kingdom of God instead of pleasing all this mess going on in America. And when you begin to celebrate God, I heard somebody say, when presence go up, guess what will come down? Blessings. 
Zachariah said in Luke 1, 68, he said, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. Celebrating God. Then in Luke chapter 2, verse 14, you see another celebration during the time and season of Christmas. This time it was the angels. The Bible said the angels were celebrating and they were saying glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace and goodwill to all men. I'm talking about it's time to celebrate. Luke chapter 2 verse 20. Then you see the shepherds. I show you preachers celebrating. Angels celebrating. People celebrating. Even shepherds. They were glorifying God and praising God for all that he has done. All is going on during the season of Christmas. That's Luke chapter 2, verse 20. Then you see again in Matthew chapter 2, verse 10, wise men, they saw the star far in the east. And they rejoiced, the Bible says, with exceeding great joy. You know what I'm trying to tell you? Everything around you is celebrating God in this season. What are you going to do about it? The trees, the birds, everything celebrating God. Let today be the last day of your life that you will come before his presence lukewarm. I can close my book and go home. If you will receive this message today and you make every day a day of thanksgiving, it's not difficult to do. All you need to do is look back over your life. And do a little reflection. Things that could have happened. Things that almost happened. But by the grace of God, you are still here. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every child of God must develop a ministry of celebration. People ought to see you dancing sometimes and wondering what's wrong with them. But if they know what you know, they'll be dancing too. Some of you, they will say you are a holy roller. But if they know what you're rolling about, (laughs) 
they will be rolling too. Tell your neighbor I got something to shout about. Say like you mean it, I got something to shout about. Please permit me to give you three reasons why you should celebrate. Number one, you should celebrate during this season because God became like us. Did you hear what I said? That is a miracle for God to lower himself to become one of us. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 says, God manifested himself in flesh. That's how much he loved you. In the book of John, Chapter 1, verse 14, you see it again. A confirmation that God became like one of us. You ever seen somebody, you say, hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> God literally, the Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 14, the word became flesh. Make sure it's in your, in your Bible. Right. And the word not only became flesh, he dwelled among us. So you can run into Jesus in the hood and say, what's up, brother? Something to shout about. Here you are in some town, and here comes Jesus. Let us soak in. Jesus is God walking around the earth in flesh. To tell you how profound that is, he suffered just like you and me. He was tested just like you and me. Have you never been tested? Ladies and gentlemen, Isaiah 53 verse 5 confirm again that God became flesh. He said he was wounded. How can you wound God? He was bruised for iniquity. Humboldt was chastised. Our mess he had to bear it. He was beaten. By his stripe, we're healed. They are showing you the humanity of Almighty God. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible literally shows you a man that God dispatched his son to the planet Earth to save us. That's our reason to celebrate. 
God probably could have sent an email. If I were him, I'd send you an email. I might send you a text, one sentence. Shut up. <laughs> but he came down <laughs> from heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, there is plenty of evidence to show that God became flesh. Ladies and gentlemen, he was born just like you and me, of a woman. Ladies and gentlemen, he grew up just like you and me. Ladies and gentlemen, he has brothers and sisters just like you and me. He got tired just like you and me. He got thirsty just like you and me. He got hungry just like you and me. I can just imagine him visiting Louisiana. He said, hey, do you have some Buddha? <laughs> Homeboy is hungry. <laughs> Every now and then I'm in that situation, right? I'll say, hey, is there any food in the house? My wife will say, you just finished eating. I said, let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine Jesus Christ just walking, just playing in the city park, just like everybody else. What an honor to be a part of God. He got weak, just like you and me. In fact, he wept, just like you and me. He hurt, he suffered, he died. Are you still here this morning? That's why the Bible says his name shall be called Emmanuel. Which means God is with us. I can stop there and preach all day because if you get a revelation that God became flesh, then all your struggling days are over. Because you can talk to him. You can call on him. You can call his name. The Bible says his name shall be called Emmanuel. You think you're going to that job interview by yourself. But God is with you. Oh glory. I feel like shouting out. You think all those Knucklehead are trying to mess with you on your job, but God is with you. If you ever get a revelation that God is with you, a lot of things that you're worrying about, you won't worry about it no more. Reason number two why you should celebrate God, not only is God with you, but God is for you. You know why folks don't shout in the church? You know why a lot of you are sitting so dignified? Because you really don't know that God is for you. And in the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 31, the Bible says, if God be for you, 
on earth can be against you. <laughs> that revelation sets me free. I got a job just like you all. By the way, that's another sermon. Let me help all of you preachers get a job. It's not part of my summer. I'm just trying to help. Let me tell you what that will do for you. Number one, it will give you freedom to preach the gospel. If all your life depends on the church, you're screwed. <laughs> Get a job. Amen. It's called freedom. Jesus got a job. Jesus was a carpenter. Hello? Paul got a job. <laughs> right, pastor, you're right. Paul was a tent maker. I'm helping pastors now, you know. I'm taking a, a station break. Just helping pastors. It don't take much to be blessed. You need freedom to say what thus says the Lord. Peter got a job. I'll get to that place. I don't know. Praise the Lord, everybody. Oh, this is what I was trying to say. See, I got a job. You got a job. Oh, God, you ain't got a job. <laughs> you don't find this kind of anointing anymore. <laughs> but what I'm saying to you is this. Every now and then, we get in trouble on our job. That's a fact. Sometimes people will lie on you. Sometimes you make mistakes. Sometimes the business run out of out of business. <laughs> but it's good to know that no matter what happens to you on your job, God is for you. You miss a good place to shout. Why should we celebrate point number one? God is with you. Emmanuel. Why should we celebrate point number two? God is for you. So in time of stress, in time of struggle, in time of hard time, you need to know that you know that you know God's got your back. I'm about to make a monster out of you in the spirit that you get to a point you don't worry about a thing. Did you know your Bible say be careful for nothing? Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. He said, but by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. 
to celebrate God. Let your request be made known in the peace of God. Amen. There you are, you're trying to mind your own business, trying to run your own business, and all of a sudden, cash flow begin to wobble. Oh, it's good to know that God is for you. It's good to know Philippians 1 and 6, he who started the good work in you is able to finish it until the day of Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's why Shirley sang, Jesus, oh Jesus, oh I love to call on your name. Sister Gracie, Jesus, Jesus, every day. Oh, Jesus. 
Somebody shout Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. Hallelujah. You bring the presence of God right in your presence. Hallelujah. We don't want to close this worship experience and not give somebody the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Amen. The doors of the church are open. And if you don't have a church home, even you online, if you don't have a church home, this is your opportunity. This is your time. All that pastor said, all that has been done was just for you. You got up, you got dressed. You drove all the way to Pineville. Amen. You don't want to go home the same way you came. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in all your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So we want to give you that opportunity right now to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I need you to say a simple prayer. Repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. 
Father God, I ask Jesus Christ to come into my heart and be Lord of my life. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. And I believe with all my heart, God raised Jesus from the dead. And on the confession of my faith, the Bible declares I'm saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me in Jesus' name. Now, come on, clap your hands and celebrate Jesus. Somebody gave their hearts to the Lord. Now, we're not finished. Say, Lord Jesus, fill me to overflowing with the Holy Ghost. I receive it now. It's mine now. Not a devil in hell can stop me from receiving. Come on, take a deep breath and celebrate Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you need a church home, amen, after the benediction, would you come forth? Amen. Would you text us? Would you email us? Amen. And come in front and meet the pastor. Amen. 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 Now let us pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we loose your glory upon the people of God. We loose your anointing upon the people of God. We speak to anything in their lives. God, that's not like you. And we command it to die instantly now, today, in the name of Jesus. God, in Jesus' name, as we leave this place, Holy Spirit, remind us that we do not leave your presence. We bless you, God. We give you glory. We celebrate you, Father God. You're a good God. You're an awesome God. And we give you the glory. Come on, celebrate Jesus. Hop on your mouth and tell the Lord, thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Lift your hand toward heaven. Father, every hand lifted unto you. We loose your angels to be encamped around us. To keep us, God, from all harm and danger. I plead the blood of Jesus over us. I thank you, Father God, no weapon formed against us. David to prosper. I speak blessing of God upon you and your household in the name of Jesus. Receive it, clap your hands, and tell the Lord thank you.